we see that these things are starting to work. We see the ground up change making ripples in the world. This isn't purely theoretical. This is now tangible. And I think that that's what has people excited about exploring these options is that we are starting to see a difference by people engaging in these new ways. There's also a lot of amazing, beautiful things that it enables. And the more experiments we run and the more we learn, the better and better it's going to get. Welcome back, everybody, to the CityDAO pod, where we talk about network cities, the network state, the future of human civilization as we know it, and a ton of other related subjects. The easiest way for you to support the show is to please take five seconds out of your time just subscribe on Apple iPod or Spotify or whatever you're on. Just subscribe. Leave us a review. If you like the show, give us a five-star review. And a little one-liner, like, I liked the show, and click submit. That goes a long, long way to help the search algorithms. It's my only ask of you listening here today. Now, as of this year, CityDAO is the very first to put real-world physical land ownership into a DAO LLC and to put governance of that land on-chain via NFTs. The intention of CityDAO, of course, is to take steps towards a better functioning civilization for us all. So remember to join the discussions on our Discord and follow us on Twitter. Your voice matters and your input is important. Now here with us today on the pod is Jordan, the ideator of AstroDAO, a DAO launcher fresh out of San Francisco. I found them well, I found Jordan specifically while I was attending a bunch of San Francisco business events. We just kept bumping into each other over and over. So I was like, hey man, we gotta do a show together. But you can find them online at astrodow.com. Links for that will be in the show notes to this episode. And same with Jordan's Twitter and with my Twitter. And you can reach out to us anytime. Now, AstroDAO has helped over 200 DAOs to do their official launch and aims to be doing the same for many more in the future. We're going to talk about the network state industry as a whole, about DAOs and how that fits into the future of civilization and where this could be heading, as well as how to survive in bear market. So Jordan, man, how you doing? Great. Yeah. Great to be here today. Love what CityDAO's up to and happy to get into some of these hairy discussions. There are a lot of hairy d discussions like ideator, the concept of an ideator. You know, when I was chatting with Scott at CityDAO and we did our show together as well, he's like, look, man, I'm not a founder. I'm not a founder. I'm like, I get it. I get it. I understand. <laughs> but there's consequences. You know, there's legal consequences. We got people out here creating DAOs, trying to do good things. And there's red tape that we don't know about. These are literally landmines under our feet that we don't see, smell, taste, hear, sense. We don't know that they're there unless we're ready to sit and spend $10,000, $20,000 researching every sentence that we're about to say on a public facing forum. And if we don't spend the tens of thousands of dollars on each statement we make, it's difficult to understand what kind of consequences might come from it. We don't know. Uh, and that's the risk totally of being a pioneer and being taking actions. So you are an ideator. You are not a founder. Crystal clear for everyone. This is like Elon Musk's The Boring Company. This is not a flamethrower. <laughs> 100%. Yep. Yep. Glad to be an ideator. And I spent a lot of time in that role throughout my career, both in crypto and out of crypto. I love the idea of labs and making space for play and the importance of having that kind of wiggle room for innovation, making the kind of connections that you don't get when you're forcing something. So all about the ideas. Let's go. All right. So speaking of LFG, there's over 200 DAOs that said LFG used AstroDAO as the launch platform and are now out in the market. Is that right? Yeah, generally right. Small nuances that we have over 200 monthly active DAOs and we've actually launched over 800 DAOs now. 
but many of them are somebody takes a stab at creating a DAO and it fizzles out before it becomes anything. When we look at the retention and the number of DAOs who have remained active and that number, like that's a lot more exciting to me when I look at that. Even if you look at a typical company and the kind of retention you would get out of any Web2 app, you don't get two-eighths or a quarter of the people returning to your DAP and using it, especially when it's something kind of gnarly and weird and out there and requiring a lot of thought to be put into it. So really happy with the retention numbers we have and also how DAOs are faring in the bear market generally is indicative that they're a useful tool for people outside of the speculation that happens in crypto. These are real tools that are serving people. And we see that in the amount of folks that remain active and are still using their DAOs today. Thanks for addressing that. I was going to ask you, because if it was 200 launched, I was going to ask how many are active. So if 800 launched, 200 are active, is that basically, mathematically, it seems accurate to say that about 25% of DAOs make it in terms of launching on your platform? Yeah, it, it surprises me as well. I attribute it mostly, at least half of those have gone through what we're calling like the DAO incubator program or a DAO to earn program which is just a worksheet that takes people through four phases of DAO creation and activation and then scaling. So having that kind of like hands-on approach where people are given some rails for success, I think helps a lot. And that whole system is meant to pay it forward. So after people go through that program, they actually become mentors in their own right and can pay it forward to their communities and start giving micro grants and helping out the people around them. And then another thing that I really like about the program is the fact that it's all licensed under the Creative Commons and it's a by attribution license. So this isn't something that's unique necessarily to Near. I mean, this is where it started with AstroDAO on Near, but this could feasibly be picked up by DAOs on any chain. And I'm very excited for the cross-chain present and blowing up the cross-chain present and finding all the other people who are excited about working in these new ways together and building that network out. Building takes money. And if I remember correctly, I think there's over $270 million locked into DAOs that launched on your platform. Is that right? Yep, that's accurate. Yep. You can build things with $270 million. Yeah. And frankly, I mean, those are the bare numbers. It was touching a billion when we were doing well, when the market was doing well. Got any favorites in there? Are you allowed to talk about some favorites, DAOs that launched in your platform? Absolutely. Yeah. So within AstroDAO, there's a stats page that's hidden away. If you go down towards the footer, you can dig into that. And on the stats page, we have lists of DAOs with the most capital, the most users, the most throughput. As far as the capital goes, the exciting DAOs are probably ones like Aurora, which is an EVM that runs on top of Near. It can be seen as kind of a L2 to Near and also a sidechain to Ethereum that allows for easy transfer of assets. They're one of the bigger DAOs. And it's interesting because they actually run, I think, three different DAOs for their entire ecosystem because they've got a community DAO, they've got their treasury DAO, and then they've got another DAO, I think, actually for their labs. And so Aurora launched through AstroDAO? Yes. Yep. Sweet. And the approach of taking bits of a company and making a bit of a company a DAO and letting it be focused, I think is very powerful. And my favorite DAOs are the focus DAOs. Those are the ones that I see being successful. You want to be able to walk up to the DAO and understand what it is without having to think too much. Why is that so hard to do? Why do I talk to some DAO people for like 30 minutes? I mean, anyone who listens to this show, you know that I ask pointed, straightforward, simple questions, right? I like to take complicated things and do my best to simplify it. Why is it that I can still be out there for half an hour talking to someone over a drink or a cocktail or whatever it is, or coffee? 
and still not find out what they're doing. I don't understand how the word works sometimes. Yeah, I think that you and I are on the same page with it. I boil it down to your DAO needs to be as simple as a meme. Like if your DAO can be a meme, people will get it instantly. And I know you're running the meme market, so you've got a similar enthusiasm for this boiling it down to the viral component that just clicks instantly. And it's good design as well. Like it's invisible when it works. When it makes sense, it's an of course. When it doesn't make sense, then, well, it's going to take a long time to explain it. And maybe it doesn't really need to be explained after all. Here's an interesting exercise. Everyone listening to this show right now, if you're part of a startup or whatever it is you do is your full-time job as a founder or an employee, whatever it is, explain what you do in less than 10 words. I think the Y Combinator challenge is like five or seven words, but I'll be easy on you guys here and, and ladies here too. I'll be easy on everyone listening. Do it in less than 10 words. I challenge you. And in fact, ping me on Twitter if you've got it. Ping Meme Brains on Twitter with the answer. What do you do in less than 10 words? And I might even pick a winner for something. I don't know yet. We'll see the effort that comes in. We'll see how many people and, and who responds. Explain what you do in 10 words or less. Oh, Jordan, hey, are you ready for a spot <laughs> challenge? Are you ready to try it? Let's go. Yeah. Are you ready to explain what you do in 10 words or less? Yeah. Um, is like no a pressure, few no of pressure. those words already. <laughs> but basically with AstroDAO, what we're doing is we're enabling, whether it's a business and a nonprofit, whatever, just enabling missions. That's Two it. words, man. That's a record. Enable That's a record. Missions. Yeah. And we're able to boil it down that far because I see DAOs as a tool that are as powerful as spreadsheets. And I think that they'll rock the business world in a similar way once people harness the power of DAOs. And they can be quite complicated when you first look at them. Spreadsheets are the same. Like, what are you going to do with this blank thing that's full of cells? But once you start seeing how these pieces fit together, it can be the first thing you reach for when you need to organize information or people. So I'm really excited for that. I'm still excited too, by the way. I have moments. I have moments where I struggle. You now, I think everyone goes through those moments too. And I don't mind admitting it. I mean, anyone that knows me, I also run a mental health podcast. So that's all about being open and transparent and just talking about stuff, right? And there's moments where I open up my Discord for whatever group it is, and it's tough. There's people that are fighting, arguing, accusing, and I ask myself why I'm here. Why am I still here? Why am I a part of this? What good could come from the discourse on Discord? How does that even fit into a better future at all? And I do find answers, but they're tough some days. Some days, trying to move forward, even though something didn't go as you planned or a DAO went into some sort of an argument, any DAO, whatever it happens to be, I'm in a bunch, right? So, and I'm not going to single any one specific DAO out either because I don't know if you agree or not, but generally speaking, from bull market, wag me, we're all going to make it, LFG, let's go into crypto winter. Well, what's now? What is this? Let's all kill each other. Like, let's all attack each other. Let's all stop our personal lives and argue on Discord. There's definitely a shift from LFG bull market into winter, whatever we want to call it. I don't even know if there's an acronym for it. I hope there isn't. We shouldn't give it more attention. And this to me, and I'm curious about your thought, this to me signifies the single largest threat for any DAO is internal discussion, internal fighting, internal arguments, whatever it happens to be. A DAO to me is supposed to represent and symbolize a group of people that rally behind a mission, that want to support each other and want to work towards the solution. It's not about individuals. I mean, it is, but the focus is on the mission. The focus is on the individual desire to support that mission. And to me, that's the essence of how DAOs can make it. And so I feel like it's a make or break. When a DAO rallies around a mission and works supportively towards it, 
That's what signifies what's going to be a successful DAO, whether it's a bull market or a bear market, whether there's 100 million in the treasury or whether there's uh, zero. I mean, Wall Street bets didn't need to have money in the treasury to take down Citadel Hedge Fund. Anonymous Group doesn't need technically money in the treasury to go and shut down a Russian TV station, on and on and on. Like, whether there's money or not in the DAO, if people are aligned and empowered, as you said, I'm going to borrow that word, then we get shit done. And if we can't do that, then we don't get shit done. Anyways, I'm curious your thoughts on some of that. I ramble it sometimes. <laughs> no, those were all solid points. And I'm, I'm 100 in that. The deal for me is that it always comes back to people problems. Throwing any software in the middle of people isn't going to solve the fact that you've got people on both ends. Throwing any legal framework in between two people isn't going to solve the fact that you've got people on both ends. And what you're describing are the people problems of shared alignment, shared values, and then sharing the vision of how to get there, because that's where you'll see probably the most conflict in DAOs is like people came together because they all believed in something, but then not everybody's going to agree on the important ways to get there. And what we see a lot at AstroDAO is, since it's a no-code DAO launcher, we see a lot of smaller projects coming in and kind of finding their way into the space, a lot of DAOs with less than 10 people. And even with those small groups, we do see a good amount of heated discussions because when you get people who are passionate enough to be putting themselves out there as a proponent of something and then be putting that much time and energy into it, they get heated about it. It's like music lovers. You don't argue about music because you don't care about it. You argue because you love it so much that you've got something to say. So in DAOs, you find a lot of that same kind of energy of people who are really excited about things and want things to go the best they can possibly go. And then they'll think it's their way that is the best way. And one of the things I'd like to push on as far as enabling DAOs in the future is not only providing that baseline software for treasury management and governance, which the smart contracts provide, but providing more of the tools around them for things like conflict resolution, and that gets us into things like reputation and being able to give people the same kind of guardrails that we do for launching a DAO that we do for doing things like conflict resolution. And a lot of it comes back to principles of how to run cooperatives. And there's fundamentals of psychology in there too that will help people navigate these things and just bringing those things to an accessible level, whether it's through just an easy Web2 interface like Astro does or a workbook like we do with the Docubator program, but finding ways of making it more accessible or just talking about it in, in podcasts like this. Absolutely. Now, on that note, so earlier we talked about the difference between an ideator and a founder from, let's say, like a legal perspective. In the practical perspective, there could be said to be a correlation of a founder to perhaps a CEO, for example, whereas an ideator really doesn't have any of that. It's more just a naturalist. It's more decentralized in that context. And anyone in this ecosystem, in this Bitcoin ecosystem, this Web3 ecosystem, if we, if we still want to use that word, I think I'm ready to retire it, to be honest, and move on from this crazy Web3 buzzword. But anyone that's in this ecosystem, and you know what I'm talking about, we want to be decentralized. This is what we believe in. We believe that there are some issues with centralization of most things. But anyone who's been in here long enough also understands that a complete 100% decentralization of everything means that we could have 10,000 people debating over what type of Adobe subscription to spend $12 a month on. So where's the balance? And I've always said, and I say it on the show a lot, that the balance is with accountability. I think that it's okay to have certain people that have been, through decentralized means, been voted to be able to take certain actions. You have a certain budget, and with that budget, you're allowed to spend it to achieve these results, whatever they are. Now, if you fail, then you get voted out. 
And I think that's the main problem with our existing political systems right now. If we vote a president in or a prime minister in or a senator in or, or a city council member in, there's no accountability. They're in until the next election, whether or not they're on track, off track, or whether there's even any transparency at all of whether they're on track or on track. They're just in and you can't get them out. And one of the things that excites me about a DAO and through community-based voting and anyone can put a proposal up is that there's a certain level of accountability that I think can change and revolutionize how governance works across the planet. And that gets me excited. That being said, when I'm CEO of whether my past startup or my present startup, when I'm CEO, I look at my organization and I make some decisions. If someone is a problem, I let them go. I replace them. If someone is doing great, I promote them, right? And that's how a corporate structure works, basically, (laughs) anywhere in America anyways, and Europe. And I understand there's some exceptions depending on some of the other regions of the world, but that's generally how it works in capitalism. In a DAO, it doesn't work that way. There can't be a leader in that sense, but leadership is still needed. I'm curious if you have thoughts. How do we achieve leadership without having a designated leader? Yeah, fascinating topic for sure. And just to touch on the Web3 terminology, I am a huge proponent of the D-Web, the decentralized web. And this mm, is actually nice something heard that, that like came to me through, there's a D-Web camp that happens. And I believe it's going to be an annual thing going on from now on. It was previously annual and then COVID happened. So we, there was a break. But D-Web is an amazing community, and I found it really refreshing to hang out there with people who were using crypto to be a means to an end, and the end being privacy as a right and sovereignty, the ability to issue your own currency and things like that. And exploring crypto and having it be part of something bigger like that was very refreshing and exciting to me. And I think that that would resonate with a lot of DAO people as well. As I mentioned, I think what we're seeing with the DAOs is that people who need these tools are still around and using them. It is a way of working for them that makes more sense to them than the typical corporate structures. Because what we see with DAOs is the more you put in, the more you can get out. It takes away the middle management. And yes, it does still require somebody to be driving the direction. But when you make the DAOs as focused as possible, and if they are like a mematic DAO where it's something like Constitution DAO, where you just you hear about it and you're like, oh, yes, that makes sense. I know exactly what's going on here. Then the leadership is kind of baked in as far as the North Star. And then it is still around those decisions that are being made. And I don't think that it's so different in the corporate world and in the DAO world that hiring and firing are the most expensive things for organizations. It is a huge debt when you have to train new people in and also when you have to let people go. Both of those things in the corporate world and in the DAO world are very painful. The mechanics of exactly how those things happen in both worlds are different, but the pain is similar across the two of them. And I think that the more transparent you are with a DAO about how people can join and how they can leave, and that it's not even necessarily a shameful thing, that it can be an equitable thing to kind of move on with your interests and all of that, Once DAOs have that figured out and are publishing information on how to join and leave like that, I think that will pave way for a lot of the more traditional organizations to realize that they should be doing a better job about letting people follow their interests and how people fit into organizations and maximizing the value for both of the parties who are participating. So I think that there's a huge opportunity there. And one of the things that I use to organize the direction and the excitement around a DAO that I've seen be reproducible is using meetings as a source of truth. 
And what you see is in meetings, people get excited. Even if you get together with a group of friends, you're all joking around, you've got some great idea, and you're like, great, let's do this thing. And everybody wakes up the next morning and they either forget about it or maybe one person does remember and they go off and, and do the thing. And really nobody even cares until you get back together again. You're joking around and you're like, hey, remember that one thing? And then there's suddenly some accountability. And maybe one person's like, oh, yeah. So I kind of like tried this thing. I experimented with it. Maybe it went somewhere. Maybe it didn't. But meetings is the source of truth. You get inspiration. And then meetings is a source of truth. You check back in with people. You get your accountability. So for a project, a DAO, anything to be successful, I like boiling it down to the meeting being the source of truth where you come up with your checklists and you check in on your checklists. And that is something that works really well for groups because it doesn't take a leader to do that. Ideally, you don't even need a program manager or a project manager to do that. Realistically, a lot of DAOs and organizations and projects still do need a driver to help get people to like check into the meeting and start talking to each other and get the ball rolling and, and lead the discussion, take meeting notes and all of that. But all of those are tasks and skills that I think can be automated. And that's another thing that I'm interested in leaning into with Astro and just DAO tooling in general is how to give people those guardrails to be successful and give them those checkpoints, whether it's once a week or once a month or once a day, they find the right cadence and what's useful for them to check in with each other and have that moment of inspiration and accountability. There's a lot to digest there and think about. I was a part of this little DAO in Calgary, Alberta. I don't mind saying it. I won't name the names, of course. There was like 15 of us or something. And the meeting went something like this. Hey guys, let's build the biggest events in the city. Oh yeah, man, that sounds like a wonderful idea. I'm going to be in. I'm going to commit to like twice a week. Yeah. Oh, I'll be a sponsor. We'll do this awesome. Yeah, let's just make it happen. Yeah. It's going to be the best thing ever. And that was literally how the conversation went. So I'm like, oh, okay, great. And I'll open up the Discord. Uh, me and a friend opened up the Discord and put together some meeting notes and took some details about what they wanted to do. And then there was like three meetings where every meeting there was less and less attendance until there was just no one. And then someone showed up and they're like, why isn't anyone here? Oh, it's a waste of my time. And all of a sudden it shifted into this negative thing. And of course it disappeared and it's gone. And that DAO is completely gone now. And I don't know how many other people have experienced things like that. One of the things that it taught me in comparison to a typical corporate structure is that in a corporation, we're motivated by our money to be there. We lose our job if we don't show up. Or we're motivated by, ideally, a combination of that plus the mission and about feeling good about the work I accomplish. And in a DAO, often, I mean, there are certain DAOs that have paid positions and rightly so in some contexts, but most people in a DAO don't have paid positions. So the motivation for these people to be there, in fact, they often paid to join by buying an NFT and they don't have paper positions. So it's complete reversal in the pay structure. What keeps them coming? Is the mission strong enough? Is the motivation there? Is the desired end result and the experience of the community its own reward that keeps the momentum going? And it struck me that a DAO is really sort of spirit driven, if that has a tangible sense, or maybe intellectually driven by achieving some combined shared vision of what things could be. That's a tough one, right? When you don't have financial motivation there, is that enough to keep a community together? And there's a lot of examples where the answer is yes, but it's something I think specifically in a bear market, a lot of DAOs have to think about. What do you think about that and, and about DAOs surviving through bear markets in general? Yeah, I think one of the things to really dig into is how value is captured and what that means. But before going there, I'd like to share just like an anecdotal story about my own nonprofit, Kodame Art and & Tech, and how it came to even be. And I think 
one of the things around that is that previous to running this art and tech nonprofit that does in real life events and everything like that, I was running music events. So just promoting music, running record labels and things like that, and doing that on a regular cadence. But then when a friend that I had met, we crossed paths through a couple of meetups, my co-founder in that Bruno, he and I decided to like throw a one-off event for art and tech. Tons of people showed up to that and the energy around it and the spirit around it and everything else around it was so amazingly different than what I was up to with the purely music things that it was an obvious choice for me to lean further into that. And I think that that is a good litmus test for DAOs. In in your example of the event that didn't happen, that sounds like it was the way it was meant to go. Like if any one of the people involved in that had tried hard to keep on following up with people and make it happen, like it would have been just further drawn out and more painful. And the fact that people got inspired is great, but then that accountability part was missing. And if it doesn't happen, then that's okay. That's an outcome that is good because then you've learned along the way and you know that you don't need to go in that direction again. So I think that that's a very powerful thing, that concept of spirit that you brought up and following the vibe. Like, yes, these are just fuzzy words, but it brings us back to that idea of value capture and what is actually valuable to us. And the job example and showing up and getting paid in fiat and all of that, that's certainly a way of capturing value that everybody understands. And crypto allows us to do more granular payments and capture value in ways that it hasn't been captured before. And that's just even just using the same old fiat model. But then if we take it a step further, even flip it on its head and say, the point of fiat in the first place is that there's a bunch of people with specialized interests that are generating value on their own. And we need a way of providing liquidity between those people, between the farmer, between the hunter, between whoever else is doing their trading. And since you can't do straight up trades, we need fiat. Well, what DAOs and sovereign tokens and token issuance allows us to do is actually approach that from the bottom up once again and do so with a publicly verifiable distributed ledger. And the reason why things like state-issued currencies and private bank-issued currencies failed in the United States and other places is because there was no accountability. There were no public ledgers of these things. And that's why they were all scams, was because they could scam people. And in crypto, we're seeing the same thing, that there's closed doors and all these other things that centralization enable. But if we stick true to the tenant of decentralization, and we do issue our own sovereign tokens and we see the value in them. And through working with other DAOs and people that share values along those ways, it's a way of creating a value network that could actually be totally independent of fiat, that doesn't use fiat as the base value. And that's some pie in the sky thinking, and it does take flipping value systems on their head. But if we look at a post-work world and a post-work economy, what's going to be valuable to people is connecting with other people whether that's through literature, art, business, games, anything. It's connecting with other people that's the valuable thing in life. So I think that DAOs are a healthy step in that direction. And there's still a lot of room to explore in how that value is being captured and how it becomes liquid and how DAOs work with their sovereign tokens, because not a lot of people have experience printing money. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong when you're printing money. But there's also a lot of amazing, beautiful things that it enables. And the more experiments we run and the more we learn, the better and better it's going to get. What do you think DAOs are going to look like in five or 10 years from now? I think that 
in some ways they're going to be much more specialized and then in other ways they're going to be much more generalized. I think that when it comes to generalization, I think that we're going to see them proliferate across all different kinds of industries. Right now we see a lot of cooperatives using them. I think that corporations will start to see how DAOs can be leveraged for their own purposes and means. So we'll start seeing more corporate adoption of DAOs in addition to the cooperative models that we see. And I think when it comes down to like the specialization, I think we're going to see tools that allow folks to do more granular and focused approval chains. Right now, DAOs have generally a bucket of you can make a proposal and they can be voted on. But there's no sense of the the right people to look at that proposal and that they might be part of a bigger workflow or a bigger system. And that maybe to enable a mission and a vision, you do need those bigger workflows and systems in place. Because to your earlier point of not everybody needs to look at a check for $12 for drinks to make a deal or something like that, maybe you do have a group of people who are specialized in that. Or maybe you just say anybody who's built up enough reputation can make those payouts and we don't even need to worry about them. So more rules around the kinds of proposals and how those proposals fit together is something that I'm looking to from the next era or generation of DAO tooling. Why did you start AstroDAO? Like, how did that begin? I'd imagine maybe you were part of a DAO first and it inspired you or something like that. Am I on the right track? Yeah, yeah. So actually, the art and tech nonprofit that I mentioned, I was working on that as a side project throughout my entire professional career in San Francisco, pretty much or like a good majority of it. And professionally, I was working in advertising. And most recently, before jumping both feet into crypto, I was at Google shipping material design for marketing pages. And through exploring options for Kodame, the art and tech nonprofit in crypto, when COVID hit, we got into NFTs. And then I discovered more about DAOs. And I was like, wait, we're doing this. Every year we get together, we listen to the community and As a community, we decide what needs to exist for art and tech to be pushed further forward. And that defines our programming for the next year. And the people who show up to execute that programming are part of the team. And when I saw that DAOs existed and that we could fit into that, and then through exploring that a little bit further within the near ecosystem, discovered that there were further opportunities like working on DAO tooling with Ilya, who is one of the founders of Near who had worked on the smart contracts around the Sputnik contracts that Astro's built on top of and making them accessible to people. I just saw that opportunity and it felt like a once in a lifetime thing to me to not only be enabling my organization that I was extremely passionate about, but to enable hundreds of organizations, thousands of organizations that shared a similar passion and vision. And to me, that was just an instant 10x on the effort and energy that I was putting into these kinds of things. And I've always been about building platforms. Like I mentioned, I was doing music labels and I was running zines when I was in middle school and all that kind of stuff. Like I've always been about building platforms and bringing people together. So DAOs is just the latest iteration in that to me. And I think the most exciting of them all as well. I think that it's got so much potential. When I found CityDAO, it made me think and see a future where political governance was improved. And I've struggled my entire life making a vote on essentially any and every candidate that I've ever come across. Because to me, there's a fundamental issue with both the system and the narrative that players in the game basically have a problem with the game itself and the fact that players revolve themselves around the game. And I see both as equal and the same. I've yet to see a candidate to stand up and really, to me, represent what I believe in. And I'm not going to go and spout all that because I don't want to accidentally leverage my soft powers here as a speaker on a community-run show. 
But I think I'm making my point and setting the foundation for this is what inspired me to join and that there is a future where maybe things are better. And that gets me going and that keeps me in a group if something goes bad. And it keeps me motivated and and inspired to look and outreach and even just do this show. I'm committed to that vision. I'm going to lead by example if I can. I'm going to walk my talk and be the change that I'm trying to see. Like, I think the future of a DAO gives me hope for humanity. Absolutely. Now, if there's people out there that don't believe in DAOs, I'm going to say to you directly, replace the word DAO with a community. Clearly, everyone believes in the concept of a community. And what's better than a community that's empowered and enabled and aligned? So I believe in communities. And I believe that this movement that we're seeing in this, whatever you want to call it, decentralized world, D-Web, Web3, Web5, whatever you want to call it, there's a movement happening that is from the bottom up. And I think that people are tired of a system that's broken, or at least not working as efficiently as it should. And I see the future of empowered communities as something to rally myself around and as something that other people can take home and think about. Now that I've kind of phrased it that way, go and think about that one for a little bit and tweet about it. Tweet at CityDAO your comments, whatever you think. Join the community calls, voice your opinion. Check out AstroDAO. Reach out to Jordan on his Twitter or tweet AstroDAO. Check it out. Talk to some people. If you're thinking of starting a DAO or if you have a DAO right now that you're looking to improve, talk to us, right? I think when communities support each other, we end up creating mega communities. And we don't have to be isolated and lonely on our own islands, sitting there trying to change the world by ourselves in front of a computer screen at three in the morning. Not that that's ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. And when we're talking about spirit too, we see that these things are starting to work. We see the ground up change making ripples in the world when we talk about things like Wall Street bets. This isn't purely theoretical. This is now tangible. And I think that that's what has people excited about exploring these options is that we are starting to see a difference by people engaging in these new ways. And it doesn't have to be something where it is prescribed to you from above. It can be you linking arms with the people around you. And we see that a lot in the DAOs that come to Astro since we're really focused on folks who are not necessarily technically proficient or don't even care about blockchain. So we wind up helping out people who are doing classic co-op stuff like running gardens, saving caves in Tulum, Mexico, unionizing, workers' rights, things like that. And when those systems that have been helping people in the real world organize and give them power, and then you find a way of connecting all of those dots so that they're then part of a global network of people that share that way of working and those values, that's when we'll see a tipping point. That's the tipping point I'm looking for. That's the flippening I'm looking for. (laughs) I'm looking for it too, man. It's in the right direction. It's a tumultuous direction. It's an S-curve up-down direction but it's in that right general direction. I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about AstroDAO's future too. I'm sure that I'm probably going to bump into you in like 10 events in the next 10 weeks. So we'll see what happens. I'll see you around. I'll be in Miami for a bit. And then I'm probably going to go back to Canada for the holidays and hang out in the minus 30 conditions because apparently that's what we do. And Enjoy. I'll, be, I'll be coming back out to the Bay next year and probably traveling a little bit abroad as well. Man, it's been great chatting with you. I'm glad that we connected and that we're going to stay connected too. Let's keep the dialogue open. If there's any DAOs that you're working with that you think would be a good topic for coming on the show, I'd love to, if you felt like making an intro. I like talking DAOs, right? This is an ecosystem topic, an ecosystem show. So obviously we talk about CityDAO a bit, but CityDAO is a DAO and that means we're part of the DAO ecosystem. So everything, anything that affects a DAO affects us all. And I think if we start to embody that mentality, we can move forward as a movement instead of as an individual or a group of empowered individuals. How about that? 
Yeah, love it. We'll certainly be making recommendations, connections, and yeah, looking forward to running into you soon. Thanks, man. It's great to have you on the show. Appreciate your time. We will see you next time, everyone listening. Remember, this is Meme Brains and Jordan Gray. You can find us on Twitter on the show notes to this episode. Please, if you like the show, just give us a five-star review and a little comment and subscribe. It helps the algorithms a lot when we're placing, and that's my only ask of you today. Other than the second ask, which is to go and have a great week. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. I guess this, actually, now think about it, this is probably going to come out once it's edited after Thanksgiving, but how about you just go and make it a great day? We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Sounds good. Thank you. Take care. Take care.